Welcome to、um, the first episode of The Outsiders. And before we start,、um, it's probably a good idea that we、um, have a calm classroom session. So if you can kindly relax a little bit your shoulders. Take a deep breath through your nose. You can hold it and then let it out softly. Go ahead and try that again. Take a deep breath through your nose. Hold it and let it out slowly. Try to lay your hands flat and keep your eyes slightly closed and just relax the energy in your hands. Okay,、um, we're going to be reading a novel,、um, realistic fiction called The Outsiders. And、um, just some facts about this this、uh, book was written by somebody、um, who was only 16 years old at the time. And、um, when you think of the word outsiders, think of What we've talked about in terms of marginalized people. Those are people that are treated differently,、um, usually treated less than, looked down upon, or not given the same、uh, treatment as other people. So, with that in mind, I will be reading chapter one. But I'd like for you to think about the title, and I would like for you to pay very close attention to this chapter. And you would probably do yourself a favor if you created a character map with the main character and then the other characters、um, connected to that. Okay? So here's chapter one. When I stepped out into the bright sunlight from the darkness of the movie house, I had only two things on my mind Paul Newman and a ride home. I was wishing I looked like Paul Newman. He looks tough and I don't, but I guess my own looks aren't so bad. I have light brown, almost red hair and greenish gray eyes. I wish they were more gray because I hate most guys that have green eyes, but I have to be content with what I have. My hair is longer than a lot of boys wear theirs, squared off in the back and long at the front and sides. But I'm a greaser, and most of my neighborhood rarely bothers to get a haircut. Besides, I look better with long hair. 
I had to walk home. I had a long walk home and no company, but I usually loan it anyway for no reason except that I like to watch movies undisturbed so I can get into them and live them with actors. When I see a movie with someone, it's kind of uncomfortable, like having someone read your book over your shoulder. I'm different that way. I mean, my second oldest brother, Soda, who is 16 going on 17, never cracks a book at all. And my oldest brother, Daryl, who we call Derry, works too long and hard to be interested in a story or drawing a picture. So I'm not like them. And nobody in our gang digs movies and books the way I do. For a while there, I thought I was the only person in the world that did. So I loaned it. As you notice, he's using the word loaned it, meaning to be by himself. Soda tries to understand at least which is more than Derry does. But then Soda is different from anybody. He understands everything almost. Like he's never hollering at me all the time the way Derry is or treating me as if I, as if I was six instead of 14. I love Soda more than I've ever loved anyone, even mom and dad. He's always had he's he's always happy-go-lucky and grinning, while Derry's hard and firm and rarely grins at all. But then, Derry's gone through a lot in his twenty years, grown up too fast. Soda Pop will never grow up at all. I don't know which way's the best. I'll find one one of these days. Anyway, I went on walking home, thinking about the movie, and then suddenly wishing I had some company. Greasers can't walk alone too much or they'll get jumped or someone will come by and scream greaser at them, which doesn't make you feel too hot, if you know what I mean. We get jumped by socials. I'm not sure how you spell it, but it's, it's the abbreviation for socials, the jet set, the west side rich kids. It's like the term greaser, which is, which is used to class all us boys on the east side. We're poorer than the socials and middle class. I reckon we're wilder too. Not like socials who jump greasers and wreck houses and throw beer blasts for kicks and get editorials in the paper for being a public disgrace one day and an asset to society the next. And the word asset is a positive word. It means something that benefits someone. Greasers are almost like hoods. We steal things and drive old souped-up cars and hold up gas stations and have a gang fight once in a while. I don't mean I do things like that. Derry would kill me if I got in trouble with the police. Since mom and dad were killed in an auto wreck, the three of us get to stay together only as long as we behave. So Soda and I stay out of trouble as much as we can, and we're careful not to get caught when we can't. I only mean the most. I only mean that most greasers do things like that, just like we wear our hair long and dress in blue jeans and t-shirts, or leave our shirt tails out and wear leather jackets and tennis shoes, tennis shoes or boots. I'm not saying that either socials or greasers are better. That's just the way things are. 
I could have waited to go to the movies until Dare or Soda Pop got off work. They would have gone with me or driven me there or walked along, although Soda just can't sit still long enough to enjoy a movie and they bore Derry to death. Derry thinks his life is enough without inspecting other people's. Or I could have gotten one of the gang to come along, one of the four boys Derry and Soda and I have grown up with and consider family. We're almost as close as brothers. When you grow up in a tight-knit neighborhood like ours, you get to know each other real well. If I had thought about it, I could have called Darian. He would have come by on his way home and picked me up. Or Two-Bit Matthews, one of our gang, would have come to me in his car if I had asked him. But sometimes I just don't use my head. It drives my brother Derry nuts. When I do stuff like that, because I'm supposed to be smart, I make good grades and have a high IQ and everything, but I don't use my head. Besides, I like walking. Okay, so as you're reading this, um, I would like for you to look at this chap, this paragraph and consider how many characters have been introduced already, because you have to sort of keep track of that. I about decided I didn't like it so much, though, when I spotted the red Corvair trailing me. I was almost two blocks from home then, so I started walking a little faster. I had never been jumped, but I had seen Johnny after four socias got hold of him, and it wasn't pretty. Johnny was scared of his own shadow after that. Johnny was 16 then. I knew it wasn't any use, though, the fast walking, I mean. Even before the Corvair pulled up beside me and five socias got out, I got pretty scared. I'm kind of small for 14, and though I have a good build, and those guys were big, those guys were bigger than me. I automatically hitched my thumbs in my jeans and slouched, wondering if I could get away if I made a break for it. I remember Johnny, his face all cut up and bruised, and I remember how he had cried when we found them. Half conscious in the half conscious in the in the calmer lot, Johnny had it awful rough at home. It took a lot to make him cry. I was sweating something fierce, although I was cold. I could feel my palms getting clammy and the perspiration and the perspiration running down my neck. I get like that when I'm real scared. I glanced around for a pop bottle or a stick or something. Steve Randall, Soda's best buddy, had once held off four guys with a busted bottle, pop bottle. But there was nothing. So I stood there like a bump on a log while they surrounded me. I don't use my head. They walked around slowly, silently, smiling. Hey, Grease, one said in an overly friendly voice. We're going to do you a favor, Greaser. We're going to cut all that greasy hair off. He had on a Madras shirt. I can see it. I can still see it. Blue Madras. One of them laughed, then cussed me out in a low voice. I couldn't think of anything to say. There just isn't a whole lot you can say while waiting to get mugged, so I kept my mouth shut. Need a haircut, greaser? The medium-sized blonde boy pulled out a knife out of his back pocket and flipped the blade open. I finally thought of something to say. No, I was backing up away from that knife. Of course I backed right into one of them. 
They had me down in a second. They had my arms and legs pinned down, and one of them was sitting on my chest with his knees on my elbows. And if you don't think that hurts, you're crazy. I could smell English leather shaving lotion and stale tobacco, and I wondered foolishly if I would suffocate before they did anything. I was scared so bad I was wishing I would. I fought to get loose and almost did for a second. Then they tightened up on me and the one on my chest slugged me a couple of times. So I lay still, swearing at them between gasps. A blade was held against my throat. How'd you like that haircut to begin just below the chin? It occurred to me that they could kill me. I went wild. I started screaming for soda, dairy, and anyone. Some, someone put his hand over my mouth, and I bit it as hard as I could, tasting the blood running through my teeth. I heard a muttered curse and got slugged again, and they were stuffing a handkerchief in my mouth. One of them kept saying, shut him up, for Pete's sake, shut him up. Then there were shouts and the pounding of feet, and the socius jumped up and left me lying there, gasping. I lay there and wondered what in the world was happening. People were jumping over me and running by me, and I was too dazed to figure it out. Then someone had me under their armpits and was hauling me to my feet. It was Derry. Are you all right, pony boy? He was shaking me, and I wish he'd stop. I was dizzy enough anyway. I could tell it was Derry, though, partly because of the voice and partly because Derry is always rough with me without meaning to be. I'm okay. Quit shaking me, Derry. I'm okay. He stopped instantly. I'm sorry. He wasn't really. Derry isn't ever. Derry isn't ever sorry for anything he does. It seems funny to me that he should look just exactly like my father and act exactly the opposite of him. My father was only forty when he died, and he looked twenty-five. And a lot of people thought Derry and Dad were brothers instead of father and son, but they looked alike. My father was never rough with anyone without meaning to be. But they only looked alike. My father was never rough with anyone without meaning to be. Derry is six feet two, and broad-shouldered and muscular. His dark brown hair that kicks out in front and a slight cowlick in the back, just like Dad's. But Derry's eyes are his own. He's got eyes that are like two pieces of pale blue-green eyes. They've got a determined set to them, like the rest of him. He looks older than twenty. Tough, cool, and smart. He would be real handsome if his eyes weren't so cold. He doesn't understand anything that is, that is not plain hard fact, but he uses his head. I sat down again, rubbing my cheek where I where I'd been slugged the most. Derry jammed his fist in his pockets. They didn't hurt you too bad, did they? They did. I was smarting and aching. My chest was sore, and I was so nervous. My hands were shaking, and I wanted to start bawling. But you just don't say that to Derry. I'm okay. Soda pop came loping back. By then, I had figured that all the noise I had heard was the gang coming to rescue me. He dropped down beside me, examining my head. You got to cut up a little. You you got cut up a little, huh, Pony Boy? I only looked at him blankly. I did. He pulled out a handkerchief, wet the end of it with his tongue, and pressed it gently against the side of my head. You're bleeding like a stuck pig. I am. Look. He showed me the handkerchief and reddened it 
and reddened as if by magic. Did they pull a blade on you? I remember the voice. Need a haircut, greaser? The blade must have slipped while he was trying to shut me up. Yeah. Soda is handsomer than anyone else I know. Not like Derry. Soda's movie star kind of handsome. The kind that people stop on the street to watch go by. He's not as tall as Derry, and he's a little slimmer, but he has a finely drawn, sensitive face that somehow manages to be reckless and thoughtful at the same time. He's got dark gold hair that he combs back, long and silky and straight. And in the summer, the sun bleaches it to a shiny white wheat gold. His eyes are dark brown, lively, dancing, recklessly laughing eyes that can be gentle and sympathetic one moment and blazing with anger the next. He has dad's eyes. Basota is one of a kind. He can get drunk in a drag race or, dr or dancing without even getting near alcohol. In our neighborhood, it's rare to find a kid who doesn't drink once in a while. But Soda never touches a drop. He doesn't need to. He gets drunk on just plain living, and he understands everybody. He looked at me more closely. I looked away hurriedly because if you want to know the truth, I was starting to bawl. I knew I was as white as I felt, and I was shaking like a leaf. Soda just put his hand on my shoulder. Easy, pony boy. They ain't going to hurt you no more. I know, I said. But the ground began to blur, and I felt hot tears running down my cheeks. I brushed them away impatiently. I'm just a little spooked, that's all. I drew a quivering breath and quit crying. You just don't cry in front of Derry, not unless you're hurt like Johnny and like Johnny had been that day we found him in the vacant lot. Compared to Johnny, I wasn't hurt at all. Soda rubbed my hair. You're an okay kid, pony. I had to grin at him. Soda can make you grin no matter what. I guess it's because he's always grinning so much himself. You're crazy, Soda. Out of your mind. Derry looked as if he'd like to knock our heads together. You're both nuts. Soda merely cocked one eyebrow and tricked a trick he'd pick up from Tubit. It seems to run in his family. Derry stared at him for a second, then cracked a grin. Soda Pop isn't afraid of him like everyone else and enjoys teasing him. I just as soon as tease a full-grown grizzly. But for some reason, Derry seems to like being teased by Soda. Our gang had chased the socials to their car and heaved rocks at them. They came running toward us now, four lean, hard guys. They were all tough as nails and looked and looked it. I had grown up with them, and they accepted me even though I was younger because I was Derry and Soda's kid brother, and I kept my mouth shut good. Steve Randall was 17, tall and lean, with thick, greasy hair. He kept combed in complicated swirls. He was a tacky, he was tacky, smart, and Soda's best buddy since grade school. Steve's specialty was cars. He could lift the hubcap quicker and more quietly than anyone in the neighborhood. But he also knew cars upside down and backward, and he could drive anything on wheels. He and Soda worked at the same gas station. Steve part-time and Soda full-time, and their station got more customers than any other in town. Whether that was because Steve was so good with cars or because Soda attracted girls like honey draws flies, I couldn't tell you. 
I liked Steve only because he was Soda's best friend. He didn't like me. He thought I was a tag-along and a kid. Soda always took me with them when they went places if they were taking girls. If they weren't taking girls. And that bugged Steve. It wasn't my fault. Soda always asked me. I didn't ask him. Soda doesn't think I'm a kid. Two-Bit Matthews was the oldest of the gang and the wisecracker of the bunch. He was about six feet tall, stocky in build, and very proud of his long, rusty-colored sideburns. He had gray eyes and a wide grin, and he couldn't stop making funny remarks to save his life. You couldn't shut that guy. You, shouldn't, you couldn't shut up that guy. He always had to get his two bits worth in, hence his name. Even his teacher forgot his real name was Keith, and we hardly remembered he had one. Life was one big joke to two-bit. He was famous for shop, shoplifting and his black-handled switchblade, which he couldn't have acquired without, first, without his first talent. And he was always smarting off to the cops. He really couldn't help it. Everything he said was so irresistibly funny that he just had to let the police in on it to brighten up their dull lives. That's the way he explained it to me. He liked fights, blondes, and for some unfathomable reason, school. He was still a junior at 18 and a half, and he never learned anything. He just went for kicks. I like him real well because he kept us laughing at ourselves as well as at other things. He reminded me of Will Rogers. Maybe it was the grin. If I had to pick the real character of the gang, it would be Dallas Winston. Dally. I used to like to draw his picture when he was in a dangerous mood, for then I could get his personality down in a few lines. He had an elfish face with high cheekbones and a pointed chin, small, sharp animal teeth, and ears like a lynx. His hair was almost white, it was so blonde, and he didn't like haircuts or hair oil either, so it fell over his forehead in wisps and kicked out in the back in tufts and curls behind his ears, and along the nape of his neck. His eyes were blue, blazing eyes, cold with hatred of the whole world. Daly had spent three years on the wild side of New York, and he had been arrested at the age of 10. He was tougher than the rest of us, tougher, colder, meaner. The shade of difference that separates a greaser from a hood wasn't present in Daly. He was as wild as the boys in the downtown outfits, like Tim Shepard's gang. In New York, Daly blew off steam in gang fights, but here, organized gangs were rarities. There are just small bunches of friends who stick together, and the war warfare is between social classes. A rumble when it's called is usually born of a grudge fight, and the opponents just happen to bring their friends along. There are, oh, there are a few named gangs around, like the River Kings and the Tiber Street Tigers. But here in the Southwest, there's no gang rivalry. So Daly, even though he could get into a good fight sometimes, had no specific thing to hate. No rival gang. Only socias. And you can't win against them no matter how hard you try because they've got all the breaks. And even whipping them isn't going to change that fact. Maybe that was why Daly was so bitter. He had quite a reputation. They have a file on him down at the police station. He had been arrested. He, had, he got drunk. He rode in rodeos, lied, 
cheated, stole, rolled drunks, jumped small kids. He did everything. I didn't like him, but he was smart and you had to respect him. Johnny Cade was last and least. If you can picture a little dark puppy that has been kicked too many times and is lost in a crowd of of strangers, you'll have Johnny. He was the youngest next to me, smaller than the rest with a slight build. He had big black eyes and dark tanned face. His hair was jet black and heavily greased and combed to the side, but it was so long that it felt in shaggy bangs across his forehead. He had a nervous, suspicious look in his eyes, and that beating he got from the socials didn't help matters. He was the gang's pet, everyone's kid brother. His father was always beating him up, and his mother ignored him, except that she was hacked off at something. Ignored him, except when she was hacked off at something, and then you could hear her yelling at him clear down at our house. I think he hated that worse than getting whipped. He would have run away a million times if it hadn't if if we hadn't been there. If it hadn't been for the gang, Johnny would never have known what love and affection are. I wiped my eyes hurriedly. Did you catch him? Nope. They got away this time. The dirty tupid went on cheerfully, calling the socialist every name he could think of or make up. The kid's okay? I'm okay. I try to think of something to say. I'm usually pretty quiet around people, even the gang. I changed the subject. I didn't know you were out of the cooler yet, Dally. Good behavior. Got off early. Dally lit a cigarette and handed it to Johnny. Everyone sat down to have a smoke and relax. A smoke always lessens the tension. I had quit trembling and my color was back. The cigarette was calming me down. Two-bit cocked an eyebrow. Nice-looking bruise you got there, kid. I touched my cheek gingerly. Really? Tupid nodded sagely. Nice cut, too. Makes you look tough. Tough and tough are two different words. Tough is the same as rough. Tough means cool, sharp, like a tough-looking Mustang or a tough record. In our neighborhood, both are compliments. Steve flicks his ashes at me. What are you doing, walking by your lonesome? Leave it to good old Steve to bring up something like that. I was coming home from the movies. I didn't think. You never, you don't ever think, Derry broke in. Not at home or anywhere when it counts. You must think at school with all those good grades you bring home and you always got your nose in a book, but but do you ever use your head for common sense? No siree, bub. And if you did have to go by yourself... You should have carried a blade. I just stared at the hole in the toll of my tennis shoe. Me and Derry just didn't dig each other. I never could please him. He would have hollered at me for carrying a blade if I had carried if I had carried one. If I brought home B's, he wanted A's. If I got A's, he wanted to make sure that they stayed A's. If I was playing football, I should be in studying. If I was reading, I should be out playing football. He never hollered at Soda Pop, not even when Soda Pop dropped out of school or got tickets for speeding. He just hollered at me. Soda was glaring at him. Leave my kid brother alone, you hear? It ain't his fault he likes to go to the movies, and it ain't his fault the socials like to jump us, and if he had been carrying a blade, it would have been a good excuse to cut him to ribbons. Soda always takes up for me. 
Derry said impatiently. When I want my kid brother to tell me what to do with my other kid brother, I'll ask you, kid brother. But he laid off me. He always does when Soda Pop tells him to, most of the time. Next time, get one of us to go with you, Pony Boy, Two-Bit said. Any of us will. Speaking of movies, Dally Young, flipping away his cigarette butt, I'm walking over to the nightly double tomorrow night. Anybody want to come and hunt some action? Steve shook his head. Me and Soda are picking up Evie and Sandy for the game. He didn't need to look at me the way he he didn't need to look at me the way he did right then. I wasn't going to ask if I could come. I'd never tell Soto because he really likes Steve a lot, but sometimes I can't stand Steve Randall. I mean it. Sometimes I hate him. Derry sighed. Just like I knew he would. Derry never had time to do anything anymore. I'm working tomorrow night. Dally looked at the rest of us. How about you all, 2-Bit, Johnny Cake? You and Pony want to come? Me and Johnny will come, I said. I knew Johnny wouldn't open his mouth unless he was forced to. Okay, Derry? Yeah, since, it's, since, it, since it ain't a school night, Derry was real good about letting me go places on the weekends. On school nights, I could hardly leave the house. I was planning on getting boozed up tomorrow night, Tubid said. If I don't, if I don't I'll walk over and find y'all. Steve was looking at Dally's hand. His ring, which he had rolled a drunk senior to get, was back on his finger. You break up with Sylvia again? Yeah, and this time it's for good. That little broad was two-timing me again while I was in jail. I thought of Sylvia and Evie and Sandy and Two-Bit's many, blo many blondes. They were the only kind of girls that would look at us, I thought. Tough, loud girls who wore too much eye makeup and giggled and swore too much. I like Soda's girl, Sandy, just fine. Though, I like Soda, I like Soda girl, Sandy, just fine, though. Her hair was natural blonde and her laugh was soft like china blue eyes, like her china blue eyes. She didn't have a real good home or anything and was our kind, greaser, but she was a real nice girl. Still, Lots of times I wonder what other girls were like. The girls who were bright-eyed and had their dresses a decent length and acted as if they'd like to spit on us if given a chance. Some were afraid of us, remembering Dallas Winston. I didn't blame them, but most looked at us like we were dirt. Gave us the same kind of look that the socials did when they came by in their Mustangs and Corvairs and yelled, Grease! at us. I wondered about them. The girls, I mean. Did they cry when their boys were arrested? Like Evie did when Steve got hauled in? Or did they run out on them the way Sylvia did Dallas? But maybe their, maybe their boys didn't get arrested or beaten up or busted up in rodeos. I was still thinking about it while I was doing my homework that night. I had to read Great Expectations for English. And that kid Pip, he reminded me of us. The way he felt marked, lousy, because he wasn't a gentleman or anything, and the way the girl kept looking down on him. That happened to me once. One time in biology, I had to dissect a worm, and the razor wouldn't cut, so I used my switchblade. The minute I flicked it out, I forgot I was, I forgot what I was. 
I forgot what I was doing or I would have never done it. This girl right beside me kind of gasped and said, They are right. You are a hood. That didn't make me feel so hot. There were a lot of socials in that class. I got I get put in A classes because I'm supposed to be smart. And most of them thought it was pretty funny. I didn't, though. She was a cute girl. She looked real good in yellow. We deserve a lot of our trouble, I thought. Dallas deserves everything he gets and should get worse if you want to know the tr- if you want the truth. And two bit, he does really he doesn't really want or need half of the things he swipes from stores. He just thinks it's fun to swipe everything that isn't nailed down. I can ha- I can understand why Soda Pop and Steve get into drag races and fights so much though. Both of them have so much have too much energy, too too much feeling with no way to blow it off. Rub harder, Soda, I heard Derry mumbling. You're going to put me to sleep. I looked through the door. Soda Pop was giving Derry a back rub. Derry is always pulling muscles. He roofs houses, and he's always trying to carry two bundles of roofing up the ladder. I knew Soda would put him to sleep because Soda can put anyone out when he gets his head to it. He thought Derry worked too hard anyway. I did too. Derry didn't deserve to work like an old man when he was only 20. He had been a real popular guy in school. He was captain of the football team, and he had been voted boy of the year. But we just didn't have the money for him to go to college, even with the athletic scholarship he won. And now he didn't have time between jobs to even think about college. So he never went anywhere, never did anything anymore, except work out at gyms and go skiing with some of old friends of his sometimes. I rubbed my cheek where it had turned purple. I had looked in the mirror, and it did make me look tough, but Derry made me put a Band-Aid on it. I remember how awful Johnny had looked when he got beaten up. I had just as much right to use the streets as the socials did. And Johnny had never hurt them. Why did the socials hate us so much? We left them alone. I nearly went to sleep over my homework trying to figure it out. Soda Pop, who had jumped into bed by this time, yelled sleepily for me to turn off the light and get to bed. When I finished the chapter I was on, I did. Lying beside Soda, staring at the wall, I kept remembering the faces of the socials as they surrounded me. And the blue madras shirts the blonde was wearing and i could still hear the thick voice need a haircut need a haircut greaser i shivered you cold pony a little i lied so to try so to threw one arm across my neck he mumbled something drowsily listen kiddo when Derry hollers at you he don't mean nothing He's just gonna he's just got more worries than somebody his age ought to. Don't take him seriously. You dig pony? Don't let him bug you. He's really proud of you cuz you're so brainy. It's just because you're the baby. I mean, he loves you a lot. Savvy? Sure, I said, trying for soda's sake to keep the sarcasm out of my voice. Soda? Yeah. How come you dropped out? I never I I never have gotten over that. I could hardly stand it when he left school. Because I'm dumb. The only thing I was passing anyway were auto mechanics and gym. You're not dumb. Yeah, I am. Shut up and I'll tell you something. Don't tell Derry, though. 
okay? I think I'm going to marry Sandy. After she gets out of school and I get a better job and everything, I might wait till you get out of school, though, so I can still help Derry with the bills and stuff. Tough enough. Wait till I get out, though, so you can keep Derry off my back. Don't be like that, kid. I told you he don't mean half of what he says. You're in love with Sandy? What's it like? <laughs> he sighed happily. It's real nice. In a moment, his breathing was light and regular. I turned my head to look at him, and in the moonlight, he looked like some great god come to earth. I wondered how he, would how he could stand being so handsome. Then I sighed. I didn't quite get what he meant about Derry. Derry thought I was just another mouth to feed and somebody to holler at. Derry loved me. I thought of those hard, pale eyes. Soda was wrong for once, I thought. Derry doesn't love anyone or anything, except maybe Soda. I didn't think, I, I didn't hardly think of him as being human. I don't care. I lied to myself. I don't care about him either. Soda's enough, and I'd have him until I go out of school. I don't care about Derry, but I was still lying, and I knew it. I lie to myself all the time, but I never believe me.